Hey everybody, it's Larry with Restoring the Farmstead Podcast. I hope you're all having a great day. Today is Tuesday, May 7th, 2019, and it has been a nice, sunny, warm day. However, I didn't get to enjoy very much of the day because I'm a counselor. I sit in an office with no windows. <laughs> but I was able to get off work and uh, get outside and enjoy some of this sunshine. And right now I am driving uh, to uh, see my daughter for a little bit, help her out with some apartment issues, and then be heading back. So I thought I would just, you know, record a podcast of what's been happening lately on the farmstead since the last one. And I would say that probably we can we can look at it and say uh, there was, uh, I, I guess we would have to say there's been some sadness with goats, there's been some happiness with poultry, and there was a hard lesson learned, to borrow a phrase from uh, a fellow who has a podcast, um, he lives in Iowa, and I'm blanking out what is the name of the podcast. Yes, Crooked Gap Fondo. Anyway, the sad parts with the goats. We had several babies that were born, and unfortunately, we have had several deaths. Uh, and not necessarily any clear reason except possibly some mama error that, that took place. Of our different goats that we had bred, that had babies, we had Thor, and the first one was Shadow, she is a Kiko, and her two little twin boys uh, are doing fine. They are doing well, they are growing, and doing just a, a great job at being little goats. And then the next one that had babies was Rudy, and she is the smallest of the pygmies that uh, that we had as far as being bred this season, and she had triplets, and with her triplets, one of them didn't make it, and two did, but they were both very small, I mean like the size of a small guinea pig, I would say, and while they would run a little bit, they mostly just kind of have just stood together and uh, or laid down together. They're not very, very active. And sadly, uh, on Saturday morning, I guess it was, I went out to feed them, and I was, uh, we had them still in the machine shed with another mama goat and her babies, and then uh, we had Holler 
that kind of cold night. And it's like, you know, he's, he's moving, he's looking, and he, he hollers again. And it's like, you're going to be okay. I keep telling him you're going to be okay. I put him inside my jacket. And I'm looking to see if there's a thermometer there so I can get a core body temperature reading quick. But I couldn't find it. And within a minute of picking him up, he just starts going and it's like, no, no, you're going to be okay. Stay with me. Stay with me. Race back to the house. Get warm water in the sink to try to raise his body temperature. Doing mouth-to-mouth, -mouth, doing, you know, chest compressions to see if I, that can be helpful. And call up Dawn and let her know what's happened. And she was going to come back home. And uh, after about 20 minutes or so of doing this, my hand's cramping up and I move it off to the side to kind of work it loose again. And his, he's not limp anymore. He's stiffening up. And he had passed. And it was sad. It was really, really sad. And uh, so that was another little one. Um, the most recent to pass away. Going back to the births, we had Josie, who is our large fainting goat, more of the Texas style of fainters, and she had two beautiful twins, a boy and a girl. The girl is mostly all black with a little bit of white patterns similar to the mother. And then there was the boy who looked just like a Dalmatian dog and just full of life and bouncing and jumping and we had moved them outside into a pen and then moved them back because the little girl started getting some sort of congestion. They didn't know if there was an infection in the lung, uh, but they gave her some antibiotics for that and uh, it seemed to clear up after a couple of days, but we still had them in the machine shed in a, in a pen that was probably eight foot by four foot, I would say. And whenever I went in on a couple of weeks ago, or a week or so ago, I guess, uh, he was laying there lifeless and was kind of mashed down a little bit. And it was like, oh no. And to the best of our figuring it out, I think what happened was mom, uh, laid down on him because these two goats, if she's standing, they're trying to nurse. And if she went to lay down, could have laid right on top of him. And with her being a fainting goat and having troubles with walking and getting up, um, yeah, couldn't couldn't get off of him and he was he was passed and it that I went out and I found him also and he was still very warm but there, there just wasn't anything we could do. That was on, I guess, a week ago, Saturday night. And then um, the first deaths, really, uh, as far as, with, well, I guess it wasn't. Rudy had a baby that didn't make it out of the triplets. But um, Valentina, who is uh, another one of our fainters, and it was her first pregnancy, and she, we, we knew she was due any time, and the babies came in the middle of the night when we went out first thing in the morning, 
uh, we found them there and they uh, she had cleaned them off but again they looked like they were kind of flat flattened and that she may have laid on them being a new mother and not really knowing what all to do and so we've had we've had several uh, and it's it's heartbreaking uh, because you know they were all you know there wasn't anything really wrong looking with any of them but it was just it was sadness and that's just that's a part of having livestock that's a part of having a farmstead is you have these kind of things happen and it's very easy to beat yourself up because I sure beat myself up uh, a couple of times but sometimes the bad things happen now let's talk about poultry well for a little while and I can't remember if I had mentioned it on a previous podcast or not but we were doing a rescue with some wild duck eggs the mother had accidentally been hit by a mower and there were 10 eggs and uh, we took them in and uh, had them in an incubator and it looks like as of last night seven are doing good and three you know didn't make it and that this week they should be starting to hatch out so we're pretty excited we're kind of pumped about that we've never done hatching of eggs I haven't and my wife hasn't so we're kind of excited about that uh, to see what these little ducks are going to be like and of course with with poultry you can have the imprinting of whoever is the first the first thing that they see that becomes mama or at least that's you know what you hear so with that um, my wife is very much wanting to be the first thing that these little ducklings see, and uh, so she, so they will see her as being mom, and I think that would be fun. Uh, we also had, well, we have four egg layers that we have had since uh, last summer, and so we uh, we added four more uh, chicks earlier, and we just moved them to the outside from indoors where we had them in a Rubbermaid container with a heat lamp. They're now outside in the chicken tractor that we had the other ones in because they are now in a larger fenced-in area where we cleaned out a shed uh, and then that's that's their new hen house. But we also added some more baby chicks because one of uh, our family friends, she is a school teacher and they've been hatching out little uh, chicks in her classroom so we have <coughs> excuse me we have I believe it's five baby chicks of which we think maybe two of them are roosters and the three are will be hens and she also gave us six ducklings that hatched out so we've got ducklings and chicks and then my wife saw one uh, a bunch of uh, exotic chicks that feathers are lavender and so she had to grab three more of those hens so we have once they all get grown and start laying we should have one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve 
asking 14 laying hens and two roosters that we got to figure out what we're going to do with. So 14 hens, and if they lay on average an egg a day during the summer months, oh my gosh, a dozen eggs a day. How crazy is that? So <laughs> that's going to be fun. That's going to be interesting. All right, so that's the poultry update. Now moving on to a hard lesson learned. Um, let me check my time here. Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, on a hard lesson learned, we have had a lot of rain. And Sunday, it did not rain. And was able to get some mowing done. Because we're about ready to bale the yard. It's so high. And then last night when I got off work, I quickly went out after changing clothes and started mowing again. And I was mowing behind the old farmhouse along the electric fence for the goats and it's on a very slight slope where I was and with the still somewhat wet ground and somewhat wet grass it, I started sliding into the 7,000 volt electric fence. So I stopped everything before we got there and tried maneuvering it around, turned off the fence, no luck. So I thought, okay, I'm going to bring over the farm truck, get it into four-wheel drive, and hopefully be able to tug this thing up the hill without doing any damage to the grass. Well, when I got over there, it was not wanting to switch into four-wheel drive. So what did I do? Did I do what I should have done and said, you know, I need to come up with a different plan because I'm not going to be able to pull this heavy zero-turn mower up this little hill with a two-wheel drive and wet ground? No, I said, let's give it a try. And guess who got his wheels buried in that part of the yard? Yep, this guy. So I was able to use a... Uh, kind of a come-along ratchet and cable to get the, which I hooked onto the, uh, uh, the ball hitch on the truck that's stuck and pulled this over several efforts to uh, get it up the hill, eventually got it up, drove it back to the uh, barn to put away. And then I thought, well, maybe I can... Uh, hook this, uh, you know, the cable and stuff to a tree and winch the truck up. And I very quickly learned, nope, that's not going to be a good lesson because I think it could have broke the cable. So I stopped before I made another bad mistake. And then today I was able to have the neighbor come over with his uh, skid loader track and without doing too much damage to the yard, in addition to what I did with the truck, we were able to get the truck out, and now it's safely parked on rocks where it needs to stay on rocks. You know, sometimes it's easy to just start jumping in there to doing what you hope is going to happen and not fully thinking through what's most likely going to happen. So that's a hard lesson learned. I've got to get some dirt over there to fill in the holes. I need to get some grass seed going and and not do that anymore. So 
Well, that is pretty well it as far as updates that I can think of regarding uh, our efforts to restore the farmstead. Keep listening. I will continue posting as things happen. And if you have a farmstead and you are, uh, you know, either restoring it like I am or you're creating it as, as you want it to be right from scratch, why don't you uh, send me an email? Uh, tell me a little bit about your farmstead, and uh, I'd love to read it on the air and, and kind of share that idea. This is this is a fun labor of love, and it was it was so hard when we weren't living there, and now we've got the new house and the and the new barn, and and it's just so much fun. It's a lot of work, definitely working more than what I did before, but it's a lot of fun you know, to have that passion. So if you're doing that, please, you know, send it to farmstead at larryquicksaw.com. Farmstead at larryquicksaw.com. All right. We will catch you next time. Have fun, everybody. Bye.